now is the time. A time you'll look back on. A time you'll adopt as inspiration. You will recollect this time. This moment, right now. Motivate yourself towards success. Overcome. Take over. The time is now. Hello, hello everybody. How's things? All right. Plod is normal. Plod is normal. Pardon, pardon. And Pete, you met it back in record time. Well, apart from traffic from the game, definitely wasn't record time, mate. Uh, stuck in traffic for long periods, but uh, I'm not too far away from from Wolverhampton, <laughs> so it wasn't the worst thing. Worst travel in the world, I've got to be honest. And uh, has has Chris Hall actually made it to the game yet? Anyone check in? <laughs> you had a bit of bother to get getting there today, but uh, we should have. team there, I've got to be honest. They, he was the opposite side to me because uh, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but Wolves have the worst away end of any ground in the Premier League. And the fact that we're like kind of the bottom rung of the side of the stadium and we're the lowest part all the way across to, like, you're literally either one end of the pitch or the other, or you're bang smack in the middle, like, so he was the complete opposite end to me. Um, I didn't get a chance to catch him. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, it seemed like it was a, very close to the close to the cloth, should we say, in terms of making it to the game on time? Yeah, he he definitely was. I think it, uh, and I'm only slagging him off, but uh, I think he was met just just slightly after kickoff. But yeah, he got to the game. That's the main thing. But um, yeah, it must be, and I think we've said this before. It must be very bad then for atmosphere then with, with the the away fans so just dispersed, I guess. But um, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of work going on in your house, Pete. So you're a bit all over the place with, 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 for, for yeah. podcasts, but it uh, has to be the, wa- the wife's panicking because uh, the, <laughs> the entrance bit is there. She didn't want to be seen walking by. So like, Move it down. We but saw yeah, already. We saw already. Hello, okay. Mrs. Davy. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Uh, now she's panicking. Um, right. <laughs> let's get into the game, um, and I'll walk you through it. And the usual stop me at any particular point. Um, okay, first off, uh, the team news. Um, where did it move to? I had it here somewhere. <laughs> How did it disappear? Well, I, uh, the, the team news. I know who they were, so I can call it out. We had Pope and Goal, Trippier, Shar, Botman, Byrne, Willock, Longstaff, Cholinton, Miggy, Wood, and ASM. So that was our lineup. Uh, and um, the big, this was the, the big, the big talking points is first of all the one that we've been talking about since this morning was uh, before when we got up. It was like no Bruno. Uh, there's a potential for Bruno not to be in, and uh, that was kind of debated whether he was in, in or out, in or out. And then we got final confirmation with him not coming off the team bus, and there's no sign of him. And then of course with 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 Wilson being injured, uh, we were all looking forward to uh, seeing. 
Isaac Isaac making his debut, but uh, the international clearance didn't come through from. Thank you, Brexit, uh, for that. Uh, so yeah, we couldn't we couldn't field him either. So uh, for me, uh, a bit disappointing then at that stage. Uh, and of course, here's the the Wolves team. Um, and I must dig up the, where I have the, the Newcastle teams that I have here somewhere. Uh, but your thoughts that on on the lineup uh, when it was announced? Uh, I don't. It's a tough one because obviously I think there was so much potential disappointment. Obviously there was rumours going around this morning about Bruno being in there, uh, and it was already going to be a tough game with him in the team. So from not to be not to be included, it was the rumours going. Around, I was fearing the worst because obviously the, the, you knew that Longstaff would come in, uh, and he doesn't have the same ability, you know, hands down compared to Bruno. So. Uh, you know the back the back force pick itself really for the last three games anyway, um, and you know obviously you look at the rest of the the, the mid the midfield players we've got obviously Shelby's out, so obviously with Bruno being out, pretty much the three that are there are the three that really make it up. That you know the, the, you could have had an argument to possibly put Anderson in there because obviously we've lost a little bit of a creative aspect in there, uh, but perhaps you know Eddie didn't want to throw him in at the deep end at short notice. Um, possibly thinks he's you know he's probably one of the more of the front three rather than a midfielder. So, um, and then obviously you get the news you know with the first an hour before kick off that Isaac hasn't got clearance either. So you then you you start with one recognised centre forward in the whole of the team. Um, so to be fair, you start to think you know what was going to be a difficult game already with a, you know whoever was available is potentially going to be an even harder harder game. Um, but I think if I think we'd probably all agree as we get into the, into the conversation, I think we'd probably be a bit we were a bit surprised by some of the stats that came out towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Richie. And I know when I saw the the team come out, I, I immediately because I had this down as the for a two one win, and uh, Isaac scored the first goal. But um, yeah, uh, I said draw here straight away. But uh, Pete, your thoughts on the lineup? You you couldn't help but be kind of a little bit nervous or, or underwhelmed by what you saw. Obviously, Bruno, I dropped a message to you guys in the morning. I kind of woke up to a message saying, Bruno, it, it, Bruno's out. And I was like, what? What's going on here? Because there's been no talk about that at all. And uh, to have it confirmed, it, 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 it does kind of, you know, dampen things a little bit going into a, a big game. Um, but... I think not necessarily the starting lineup for for the reasons that Richie said. You know, you look at that lineup and it's the best that really it could possibly be with the players that are available. But you look at the you look at the bench, and it doesn't fill you with confidence. You know, if you'd have had an Isaac on the bench, um, you know, it would have filled you with confidence that a player that in an attacking area that can come on and make a difference. You know, the likes of Murphy, you know, Richie, you know. You know, you know, nice, nice, good people at, at the club, but not really ones you want to bring on to to change the game. Ultimately, um, ultimately, they, they, you know, they had a hand in things, but um, it doesn't fill you with confidence, and that that was my overriding feeling. It was a bit, you know, a little bit underwhelmed. No, no, that's fair enough. But I think we we all felt the same. And um, just before we get into the the game, if we had Bruno and. Uh, is like on uh, either starting or on the bench. I think we would have won that today. 
Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Okay, right across the board. Okay, cool. Right, let's get into it. So first half, KG first five minutes. As uh, on the sixth minute, Neto uh, tapped it over the bar. He was uh, we, we were we were lucky. He was unlucky. Uh, so, some interceptions from Pope. Pope, even Popey. Um, then on the eleventh minute, um, Willock had a shot. There was a bit of a scramble in the box. He should have really scored then at that stage, uh, Willock. Uh, then I don't know what minute it was, but there was the the controversial moment where there was a pull on uh, Longstaff's shirt. Um, so and it, it, the, the VAR did have a quick glance at it, but um, there was no penalty given. And um, I think it should have been a penalty. I th- do you know what, right? I think it should have been a penalty. But what's more co- uh, concerning is the fact that it wasn't given. It went straight to Willock and Willock missed a sitter. I think that, you know, that, that was more the, the main concern for me that Willock got to the position and he wasn't confident enough to go with his right foot. Uh, obviously, he went with his left foot and pulled it the wrong side of the post. But uh, he should have really done more for me on that finish. But yeah, it was, you know, it should have been a penalty. You're all right. And. You know, you start to think whether the referee tried to play advantage before calling it, but he didn't. So, but yeah, penalty all day for me. That. Right, Rich, Pete, your thoughts? It was probably actually close. Was it close to where you were? I was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally in line with it, and you could see the shirt pull, and everyone around us um, was going mad. Everyone was like arms out, literally half celebrating, expecting a penalty. It was so blatant. Um, it, and I, the ref wasn't even in a bad position. I, you know, even even more than that, we were in line of, over the other side of the pitch. The linesman was in line. So even if the ref didn't see it, which he did, the linesman could have called it too. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get how that decision has not been made. I've, I've heard afterwards, after the game, other pundits and people in the media saying exactly the same. But, but Richie's right. Um, equally, we should have been one nil up because Willock missed an absolute golden chance to put us in the lead, um, and it would have been a deserved lead because we started the game well. Um, but this is what we talk about when we talk about our central midfielders: is having conviction in front of goal. We need more goals from our centre midfielders. That was a perfect opportunity, and you know what? It's not the first time that Willock's missed sitters. He's had opportunities. And it's something that's it's something that he needs to work on. Is just having that calm and conviction in front of goal when the ball drops to him. Because I think he's I think he's hit it quick because he thinks he's going to get tackled or someone's close to him. He had time to compose himself, set his feet and hit it, but he didn't. It was all very much rushed. And um, Willick's not good when he's rushed um, on the pitch, uh, and it was just such a shame. Because that would have that would have set the game out completely different. We were dominating. I don't know what you guys thought from from watching the game, but I thought at that point we were dominating the game. We were in there attacking third time after time after time. It was attacking again, attack against defense at that point. No, exactly, exactly, Pete. And um, yeah, I also thought it was a penalty, by the way. But my next point here is like the next ten minutes, we were t- totally applying the pressure to them, and it was all us. Um, then twenty uh, fifth minutes, Nunes uh, header over the bar. Uh, there's a yellow card from Semedo uh, for the professional foul on ASM. And then we all, I think we all thought as well, at least ASM now could run at him and um, he may he, he can't really commit to himself. He's, he's on a yellow. Um, then uh, 32 minutes of push from Raul Jimenez. Then 38 minutes, 
and Neves, and Neves goal, uh, 28 minutes outside the, the box, it was a good goal for him, went through Willock's legs, um, thoughts on their goal, um, I don't, not apart from going through Willock's legs, there's not much more you could, you could have done for, for me, it just was a good goal. Do you know what, I think it's, I don't know if any of either of you have seen the Eddie Howe interview yet, um, but he does actually make a really good point that it was a very, very soft free kick and that led up to the build-up for the goal uh, against Botman. It wasn't a free kick. He barely touched him. He, he literally fell over, seriously. It was like a gust of wind, and you know what I mean? And then this little, I don't know. I think it, it was like a bloody, you know, the amount of pressure that was on his back was like a bloody blue bottle fly touching him. Do you know what I mean? It was like that. He just went over and it just obviously you know brought them further up the pitch straight away and... You know, the the, the comedies even said that it was a bit that they found it a bit weird that Ruben Neves wasn't standing over the ball, so they must have something up the sleeves. And uh, obviously, he wasn't involved directly in the the actual the free kick itself. But then, obviously, the ball came out, they recycled the play uh, from him. He went out to the right, went uh, over the far side, and obviously, when he's got that sort of space outside the box, um, you know, it's it's a you know, you could turn around and say, obviously, Willock's really unlucky for the ball to go down to his leg, uh, down you know, through his legs. But I think one of the things that you, you sometimes you say is he's still not out as quick as he possibly could be. So he could be out a little bit quicker. But you also tend to say that you see a lot of uh, people about putting the body on the line. Do you know what I mean? And you, you're always taught that you shouldn't really be turning your back sort of thing. And when you open your leg to a side like that, he you know, turned himself a little bit side on. And obviously his leg went open a bit further. So and obviously the ball went straight through. Nick Pub wouldn't stand a chance for you. We saw the ball late. Did a really good effort to get there, but when it's placed in the bottom corner like that, he's going to struggle. I, I haven't, I haven't got an issue with with Willock in terms of it going through his legs. It, um, you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're looking to close the ball down, um, that kind of thing happens. You you know, you put your foot up to try and block the ball, but it goes through your your legs and it, it, it goes in. You know, I don't I don't blame anybody in terms of Pope. Pope had no chance because he sees the ball really late. Um, you know, other than that, I thought Pope was fantastic. Um, but, you know, the one thing I have an issue with is Joe Willock's positioning just before Ruben Neves picks up the ball because everyone's in position. Trippier's manning the, the left winger. Um, Almiron's inside manning the second phase, so the left back. And then the third man should be Willock manning that centre midfielder. If you look at when Neves picks the ball up, Willock's positioning. Willock is five yards too deep. It's, he's been drawn in too defensive. And if you look at where he picks up the ball to where he should be, Willock should be on the edge of the area, but he's not. He's probably in line with the penalty spot. And if he was in line with on the edge of the area... The shot, no, the shot doesn't get off because actually, even with Willock, where he's starting in position is, he does tremendously well to get there and get as close to Neves as he does before Neves takes the shot. But honestly, watch it back. If Willock is where he should be in terms of his positional play, Neves doesn't get the shot off. So it's more poor positioning for me, which I'm disappointed about. Not the fact that it went through his legs because, you know, that, that can't be helped. He was going all out to get there and he worked hard to get back in, into that position to block the ball. But but those things happen, it is. But let but look, look for me, let's not take away, it's an, it's an unbelievable strike and that's what Ruben Neves does. That's what he's built his career on at Porto, at Wolves. Um, he, he's he scored tremendous goals, um, and you know it's just one of those things. 
No, that's that's fair enough, Pete. Yeah, uh, and you're right. It was it was a great goal from from Nevis and from from Wolves' point of view, not from ours though. But anyway, very physical first first half really, and uh, that got us to halftime. We're one nil down, and uh, what hang on, what did I say in the text then? Uh, in our, uh, you probably haven't seen it, Pete, but I said uh, in our text. Max, it's just the start of the second half. Max used to be our hero. Now it was also to piss Martin off. I said that, but uh, it was it was just uh, so. So um, we carried on. We carried on. Right. Uh, so game second half kicked off. Um, Shar I got a yellow card after four six minutes. Then Var Var got involved, and then they tried to get there was there was a, a potential red card, but it was never going to be a red card. You know, there it wasn't there was no malice in it really. It, it was just like, unlucky the way it felt because he he smacked the ball and he kept kind of uh, clear, and then it came back, and then he went in with, with the, the the challenge. But um, anyone want to talk about that? Yeah. Oh, well, gone, Rich. Sorry. No, got you. Got a now, to be fair, I was going to say, I haven't seen it back again, but again, I was in line with it because it was right where I was standing. And the only thing that I was thinking in my mind, and you guys will be able to clear this up for me, is that, you know, the reason why they were checking the red card was, did, did Shaw go in, studs, studs showing? If he went studs first, that's maybe called to give him a red card because obviously you can't go studs in. I couldn't. I couldn't kind of look back and remember whether he did or not. I know he went for the ball. I know he caught him, but I couldn't remember whether it was studs up or not. And that's the overriding thing that I wasn't quite sure about. But I don't think you guys might be able to clarify that. It didn't look, it didn't look like it was intentional. No, um, it did look accidental, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely accidental. It wasn't a deliberate foul. If you look at, you know, when they, when they showed the replays again, I didn't think obviously you caught them, and you know I was a bit surprised when there was a VAR went through, and then obviously they started showing it, and you, you look at it and you think, well, oh, it's going to go against you here, um, because obviously he did catch it, but I think what what actually made it go just stay as a bookman was he's more stretched to try and toe poke the ball rather than like going in those studs first. So what he's done is he's stretched his toe. And obviously Neto's then put his foot da- down, planted it, and then he's caught his ankle as he's coming in, Pete. So as he's done it, he's like he's been stretching like that with his toe. He's put it on so his toes hit and it's like that. So he's the foot four studs have caught his ankle, but it wasn't deliberate. You know what I mean? It wasn't high, it wasn't it was literally right on his ankle, but it wasn't it wasn't dangerous or endangering a player or do you know what I mean? It was just a late tackle, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it looked it looked bad in, in slow mo, but it, it just it was as, as I said, it was never accident. Uh, it was all uh, it was accident. It was never intentional, and it happened so quickly because he cleared the ball first, and then that happened. You know, it was it was one of those uh, you no 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 time to even think really. Um, righty up, we'll move on. Um, uh, good pressure and aggression from from Newcastle. Neto got a yellow. Uh, then on the 65th minute, uh, Target and Fraser come on and Burn and Wood come off. Uh, 76th minute, um, kind of half a header come off Botman's shoulder at one point. It was it was a kind of a missed opportunity there, I thought, as well. And I think at, at this stage as well, I, I imagine you were the same thinking, this this is going to be a draw, even though it was playing on because it's the, the same old story it was it's always a draw. Uh, you're just waiting for a Newcastle goal. Um, but then on the 80th minute, um, there was, uh, yeah, the, the 
the Raul goal, right? Where there was a push on on Fraser, a Neto push on on Fraser. Um, Raul celebrating his goal. Here he is here, uh, but uh, no goal. Um, went to VAR and uh, yeah, the, you could see the push on Fraser, and um, yeah, it was it was r- rightly ruled out uh, on that. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think it's really concerned about the level of refereeing, that the fact that it wasn't given in the first place. It was the most blatant push you'll ever see, especially when he gave the one for the free kick that built that led to the build up of their goal. Do you know what I mean? When he went down, like you know, like, by touch of a feather, basically, and, you know, you, you can see the forearm right to the back, and the fact of how how the distance that he went over it wasn't like he just Fraser, like Fraser just fell. You know, he, he probably went about two, three yards in front of him from when he was actually pushed. Um, yeah. But why is the why is the linesman not giving it as well? Because obviously he can see from that angle. The referee should be given that as well. And the concerning thing is. If they hadn't scored, obviously it wouldn't have made a difference from, from our point of view. But they only went and looked at it because they scored. And I think that's the concern in a bit, if that makes sense. that It should have been given to start with because it was yeah. so blatant. And it just, I think it just goes to show how poor the level of refereeing in the Premier League is at the minute. And even the, the people who are doing the VAR as well. Yeah, there, there was plenty of kind of rough rough challenges or pushes in in the game throughout but as you said Ricky it's only because it was a goal then they would look back and I was thank god that there was that push at, at that stage so uh, I think we all knew it was going to be ruled out but uh, Pete your your view from, from uh, on the Raul's goal that wasn't I, I could just remember you know it, 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 look it, it, from where we were it's a blatant push you, you could see it and, and we were at a slightly different angle so <laughs> We had Ryan Fraser in front of us as the ball's coming, like not in front of us, but he was the first person. But you can see from his body, he gets jolted forward. So it's clearly been pushed. But all I can remember from that is that Ryan Fraser is going absolutely mad when the game plays on him. He's like, he's on the floor, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But you know, uh, it, it, it was clearly, it, it was clearly um, a push. To be fair, I managed to catch just a tiny bit of, of Sky Sports and I think it was Jamie Redknapp saying, you know, how the referee has not spotted that, I don't know. It's clearly a foul. The referee should have spotted it in-game. It should never have gone to a VAR. It should never have gone uh, to the point in which they scored a goal. Um, but Richie's touched on a really, really good point, is that literally two minutes into the game, the, the lad in front of me, um, is going mad at the referee. And I, and I kind of just tapped him on the shoulder and I said, mate, we're not getting anything today. We're not getting anything. Like within two minutes, you, you always can tell with a referee what type of game he's going to have or or what what where he's, where he's leaning. Um, and there, there were a couple of quite clear 50-50 channel, ch- challenges that he was giving to Wolves in the early minutes. Or... There were a couple of um, half decisions that should have gone our way and weren't, and quite easily could have. And I just thought, yeah, we're not we're not we're not getting much today. Uh, there were a lot of fouls, a lot of um, you know uh, late swipes and stuff that the referee was was um, was letting go for us, but allowing them. Richie's already touched on one of them in the build up to the goal. Sven Botman quite clearly uh, uh, wins the ball. Um, and uh, and it's great defending, but for some reason the ref deems it a foul. I, I just I don't get it. The, the refereeing is it, it's on its knees right now at Premier League level, at elite level. It's the worst pr- refereeing that I've experienced in my 
30 years supporting Newcastle. It is so bad. It, you know what? The, it, it can't come soon enough when Howard Webb takes over from Mike Riley. Howard Webb was probably one of the best officials we've had in the pre, in the Premier League era. Yeah. Um, and you know, this, oh, hang this... on, Richie. Is that Howard Webb that used to play for Man United? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all right because he, he won't be able to referee for Man United anymore, so it's all right. But you know what? That, but to be fair, though, there's uh, you can shout out for that, that for uh, Anthony Taylor for on that one regards that one because he always tends to give decisions for, uh, for Man United as well. So, um, there's, there's a lot of concerns with referee, but to be fair, I don't think we've had Peter Banks quite a few times now and we've never got anything off Peter Banks. I think he was actually VAR last week against Man City. Sure. Uh, I think I think he was, yes, and he actually did us a favour last week. But when he's, he, he doesn't seem to have a good game for us when he's actually uh, on the pitch. We don't ever seem to get anything off him at all, which is a concern. He's not, the only he's not the only referee. There's a few out there that are really gunning for Newcastle this season. And we've been on the receiving end of some really poor decisions. But luckily for us, at times, our football's made the difference. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. Some celebration from Raul all the same, but uh, better luck next time, Raul. Um, I know what he was doing. <laughs> it aged to do something, and I didn't know what he was doing. To be fair, I was just kicking the chair in front of me and oh, blessed Pete, the, Pete, the lad in front of me. I was going mad. That's not real, Pete. <laughs> Is it not real? No, he, not did, real. He, did put, he did move the patch over his uh, eye, though. Well, he's not going to be allowed to hook on the pitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Daz, he might have actually done it because... When he actually went over to celebrate, he, there was a brown towel at the side of the pitch, and he was actually oh. looking for something. And then he <laughs> saw his head guard, his head guard here, right? And he had it. He moved it around for the patch, so it could be. But there's also one the picture I've seen online as well with a telescope as well. Yeah, so oh, I don't know what it was. That's what I said. That, that's what I've seen. Apparently, that that's what he did for his celebration. He put the patch on, and then he used the the, the he used the telescope for because he literally went to that corner and he was fiddling around with something for ages. With yeah, the there, lad, there was, with the other players there. There was a brown towel on the floor, so he yeah. obviously put everything behind there for a reason. How is that not a yellow card then? He deserves to be on top of that. But um, yeah, no. For me, he's not been the same player since, since that uh, very bad head injury he got. But um, yeah, Lucas, uh, best look to him. Not today. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> then immediately Eddie said, "Right, I'm changing this up." He brings on. He breaks. He takes off uh, Willock and Miggy, and he brings on Murphy and Anderson. Uh, then we fast forward to Asian Nightmares. Ball, looping ball, clearance from the uh, Wolves defender, up in the air, Maggie, or sorry, not uh, ASM, ASM with a superb volley, uh, back of the net. What did you make of that? Well, just before I tell you what I actually thought, Daz, I actually found you doing some commentary on it today. Did I don't know whether you actually, yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought I'd actually show us the show the goal. <laughs> Have a foot like a traction engine. Go! Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I was expecting you to not with a I was expecting. Shit! Did you see that? He must have a 
must have a foot like a traction engine. Go! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Nicely done, Richie. Leads into the Maxley score. Love it, love it. So, yeah, your thoughts on the goal, lads? Well, to be fair, obviously, we, you've got to look at the, it was a ball played up the right hand side. And to be fair, Murphy made it just a complete and utter hash of it. Um, you know, he's, he should be really trying to hold the ball up, not trying to. He's never going to flick it over. He's not, he hasn't got the skills of Bruno to flick it over a man and then run on the other side of it and get it. Uh, I think all you've got, it's basically not. Chan's made an absolute hash of the clearance, but the technique and the control that everything that Maxi does, it's if you it's like Eddie Howe said in his interview after the game, he says, You you can see from where how high that ball's coming. You you know, he says, I know Maxi's gonna shoot, but I'm just waiting for it to go over the bar because there's so <laughs> much that he has to do to get you know the connection to keep it down. So you'll be probably not it we seem to be scoring absolute worldies this season. In every game that we've scored a goal, and you look at Shah in the first game, and then you know you've got them last week as well, and then you've got today again. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, the trip you last week, the free kick, and then this pff, probably the best of the lot just because of all the technique it has to go through it. Uh, it's you know, it's on the volley as well, it's just absolutely sweet as a nut. Um, I think you, if, if you look at August's Premier League goal of the month content, I think you've got we're gonna have three in there. It's just Seriously, it's just that's an exquisite finish. You cannot ask for more. Well said, Rich. Peace after the end of the pitch for you, probably at this stage. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it's just a little bit. Like, I, I remember as the ball gets played over, uh, <laughs> the, old, <laughs> the old bleepy bleep. Um, when, when the ball goes over to Murphy. Um, I'm cursing Murphy at this point. I'm thinking he ain't getting there. I'm, I'm literally saying it out loud. He's not getting there. He ain't getting there. Oh, he got there. Fair play to him. And the ball comes over. Like shit. Fucking honestly, I swear to you, the the away end just erupted. I had guys from five rows behind me end up in front of me, hanging over the front, <laughs> going absolutely mad. I've, I, I bless them. I've had two, two older women next to me that I'm having to hold up because the guys are just falling forward because we just did not expect that to hit the back of the net. Um, because at that point, we hadn't really put Saar under pressure in front of goal. with the dominated possession. We created little openings, but not anything of that note. But Alice at Maximin um, does what others on the pitch can't do and in, in brings moments of magic to the football pitch. And that is exactly what he did. Um, there's no other player in the team that played on the pitch at that point <clears throat> that could have scored that goal for Newcastle United. Uh, he, he, it was just a fantastic strike, unbelievable strike. And um, it was it was a pleasure to see that live. It really was. Yeah, Do you know what I think the, the interesting thing that I saw was after the game and then Bruno Large uh, said that, we scored a lucky goal, right? And that, that to me, that I thought that was, you know, like, yes, okay, you can call it luck because the clearance was a bit of a poor one, but the technique and everything for Newcastle to score, obviously, it, as you said, Pete, it's a bit of magic. It really is. But surely you could turn around and say about their goals, pretty lucky as well, because if it hadn't gone through his leg, uh, Willock's legs, it wouldn't have been a goal probably either. So is that not look, a, look, a lucky goal for Wolves? 
Sour grapes, mate. I saw the Neves saw the Neves interview as well. Sour grapes, right? You only have to look at the stats, and I'm sure you're going to throw the stats. Yep, up if I have not already. Next, yep. um, you know, it, it's very clear to see who the better team was on the pitch. Um, although we were frustrating in the final third for, for 95, 98 minutes, however long it was, um, it was very clear who the better team was. And they're frustrated because they, yes, they had the lead. And yes, they let it slip, but they know that they know that that was a great opportunity to get three points against a team where they didn't actually deserve it. Um, and they're not going to get many chances like that this season. And the fact that he scored that goal, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about other talking points, which could have meant that we won the game and would have deserved to win the, win the game. Um, all, all sour grapes for me, all sour grapes. Yeah. And of course, at, at that stage, uh, Maxi had when Wood went off, Max moved into the kind of number nine role, uh, playing playing central striker. And uh, he the the threat that he was posing in that first half, first sixty five minutes was kind of a bit nullified when he's playing there. But we had no one else to play there. That that's we'll be talking about that and again and about our, our strength and depth, which we were a bit lacking at the moment. But can I and Rich, you might want to have a little talk about this. Sorry to interrupt, guys. <laughs> Because um, you're mentioning about the, the Wood situation and obviously him being brought off ASM play through the middle. I don't know what your opinions of Wood were during the game today. You'll find out in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll have our opinions on that. But as a collective team, we became a completely different entity when he left the pitch. Um, and it was, you know, I'm not going to throw it all on wood, but we, it, what it did, it allowed us to play a different type of football, a different type of football that Wolves weren't expecting. And I think that's part of Wolves' frustration. Uh, we, we were a completely different type of team when he left the pitch. And having ASM up front, and ultimately at times, not having a striker up front, it, it, you know, their, their centre-backs didn't know what to do. And we created moments off the back of that. Uh, I don't know whether you guys saw something different, having it on the screen and being able to watch it on TV from from, from that point of view. No, I, I saw pretty much exactly the same as you. I think the thing is, obviously, you've got Wood up there pretty much to see, as he did last year, they're trying to get Newcastle higher up the pitch. Because I think, to be fair, I think, I don't know if Eddie and Jason were a bit shocked with how much possession we actually had. You know, it's usually a bit more nip and tuck possession wise that you play Wolves. It's usually quite a close game, especially when you go down to Molyneux as well. Um, but he, he seemed to have, you know, Kilman and Collins seem to deal with them really, really well. But I think the, the frustrating thing for me is when you've got Wood up there, and we've we've done this for quite a few years now when we've had like the big target one, we don't play to their strengths. Yeah. You know, um, you saw Sam Maxim a few times when he's tr he's trying to put balls in for someone who's going to be good at good for movement. Um, Woods not like that. It's the sort of balls that Wilson thrives on. It's the sort of what balls that Isak's going to thrive on as well. But when you've got two wide men who like to come back on themselves to put the ball in with the you know for the right foot from the left side and the left foot from the um, the right hand side, you take in a way Woods' main attacking threat. You can get it, but you know, it, there, was a, there was once in the first half when the ball got put back to Trippier and Trippier literally whipped it in first time with his right foot and it was only a Collins header out that would probably stop Wood from connecting with it. But it was, it's he's not getting the service to be the threat that he's doing. It only seems to be towards 
set pieces that he becomes a goal threat than it because we don't play to his strengths when we're attacking. But I agree, Pete, when Sam Maxwell came on, he, you know, Collins and Kilman, they, they couldn't really deal with him. And then you've got the extra pace all the way around him. I, I, I don't agree with bringing Murphy. I just don't, to be fair, I don't think he's brought an attacking threat um, for a long time now. Um, he, if he's, if, you know, if he's in the twenty-five man squad, I think it shows that we've done something because there's surely there's, there should be some way that he should be moved on before now. He should, he, he shouldn't be in the in the squad. He's not Premier League level for where we need to be now. Yeah. Um, I thought there's Fraser a few didn't like help. that, Richie. There's you what? Sorry, there's a few like that, but but we have to, we, we're going to have to grin and bear it. I think for this season as well. But it, I think that's like, it's, it's, you know, when we when we did squad game though, everyone said it was like it was between Miggy or Murphy. Murphy. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously Miggy starts delivery. You know, Miggy he works well off the ball when he's you know defensively presses high, and um, he gets the ball. The only thing is you could say is he's not clinical enough when he gets the position, the chances in front of the goal, and the fact he's got no right foot. That's probably the, that's the main concerns I would think any Newcastle fan have. If I only had those concerns with Murphy, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. I thought Fraser did well when he came on. But obviously, you're bringing probably one of the best crosses of the ball off the pitch, and you took Wood off. So it was, you know, we we've done, we did that when we had Andy Carroll, Steve Bruce. We just thought it was it was bad management by Steve Bruce. He used to bring Andy Carroll off and bring Ryan Fraser on. And you're thinking, what's going on there? You've got you just brought your best crosser on and took the person who's the ideal target man for it off. So, you know, I think it really really highlights that we needed the extra striker that. We, to be fair, we've Newcastle fans have said this for years. We've needed backup if Wilson was injured, and it. it I think this, it's still concerned on the recruitment point of view that it took Wilson to have a. If, it, if it's a slight hamstring strain that he's got, it's three to four weeks instead of. But Newcastle to really pull the trigger on a main front man for that injury to happen again. That there was they've even talked. There was still, you know hoping to go forward with Wilson being the main man and then have someone who could potentially play there. You've you've mentioned a couple of really good points, Richie, um, for me. First and foremost, uh, the Murphy discussion. I think you've made a really good point. I've said this to Chris, um, um, you know, know, when when he's had a chat about transfers and stuff, and I've been adamant, you know, the fact that we're looking for a right winger someone that can play right wing says to me that once we get that guy in, I think they'll look to get rid of Murphy. I think they'll move Murphy on. I think Eddie Howe has seen enough from Murphy in pre-season to say that he's not at the level. And I think he's naturally going to bring him on because he's got pace and he can stretch defenders. But actually in terms of the quality that you've talked about, you are absolutely right. He is not, he's not Premier For me, I don't even think he's Premier League level. I don't, and, and this sounds really harsh. It might, might seem how harsh on me. People in the chat might feel differently. I don't think he's Premier League level. I think he's he's kind of mid to top end championship level. Uh, and 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 it, it's really hard, like hard. He'd probably do well to go back to Norwich. Yeah, somewhere somewhere like Norwich would where he'd be regular. He'd play Premier League football maybe for a year, come back down and play Champions League football, yeah. Championship yo, football yo. at that level, and he'll just yeah, he'll just move. There was a few West Brom players over the years that have done that, you know, that, that have gone back and forth, back and forth. He's that type of player. You know, the 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 second point is 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 a kind of a, a really good one in, in terms of you know, you you talked about 
in terms of strikers, you know, and having those replacements, you know, with Callum Wilson, and this is just my opinion, I think Eddie Howe has, because he knows Callum Wilson and because he knows it's such an important year for him in terms of making the World Cup and whatever, I think Eddie Howe has took a risk. I think Eddie Howe's took a risk going into the season by saying, I want you to be my main man. You promised me you're going to stay fit. Show me you can stay fit and you will play as our main number nine and you'll be the main man. Because I think there's people probably around him that have gone, we need a backup. We can't trust that he's going to stay fit. We need a backup. I think Eddie Howe has gone with his own instincts and said, right, you are the man. And now once he's pulled up with his hamstring, I think other people around him have gone, this needs to be sorted now because we're three games in. Everything that we've been saying, three games in, now pulled up with a hamstring injury. Eddie Howe's playing it down in his, in, in his, in his press conference on Friday, saying two weeks. Other people are saying four weeks. We're not in a position to mess around with that because we need a striker. Clearly, we saw today, we need a striker that can play the way that this Newcastle team is going to play. And I think he's been pushed into this. He's been pushed into making the decision. I do think that Isaac is the man that he wanted. Yeah. I think Isaac's the man that he wanted to be that guy. But I think this was going to be a plan for next season. I think Isaac was going to be the guy that they wanted to bring in next season to say, right, you're going to be the guy that we take forward. And Callum Wilson, you've had your year, you're going to play a bit part. I think they've had to rush it through a, a, a little bit earlier because of the fact that Callum Wilson hasn't held up. And everyone's talked about it. Everyone's talked about the fact that he cannot stay fit. And and this has been forced upon him. And, I, and this is why I said um, when me, Daz... And Chris did the kind of reaction to Isaac signing. This is why I think that Isaac will be the main man because you don't bring a guy in for 58 million and have him sit on the bench. You, you just don't. You don't have it. And, and I think this is going to be a case now where Eddie has got to with Wilson and say, I know I promised you you're going to be the main man, but you can't stay fit and we need to be pushing for top eight because he can't, look, he can't mess around. Eddie Howe cannot mess around with this. And the reason being is because Ultimately, yes, he's signed a new contract, but his job's on the line. He's got he's got the ownership that are saying we want we want we want, we want top nine top eight pushing for Europe this season. He can't mess around with Callum Wilson being is he going to be fit? Is he not? And to, to do that because his job's on the line off the back of that. He can't afford to to risk his job on the back of Callum Wilson. There has to come a point where he says, you know what. I've got to think about the team and myself and everything around me and not just you. And I think Isaac coming in has been that moment. I want to jump in here for a second as well. I'm going to take what Richie said about Murphy. I'm going to take what you said about uh, Wilson there, Pete. And I want to say, and maybe this, maybe we're seeing something here now as well, is does Eddie Howe need to be more ruthless, right? You, we said about getting rid of Murphy, having a backup for, for Wilson and making promises. One that sticks out for me is Richie. Richie, for me, should have been gone two years ago. He, his time is up with Newcastle. Absolutely brilliant servant for, for Newcastle. His time is up. And bringing him on for two minutes at the end of the game. We have enough leaders already. Like You can bring, you can bring me on for two minutes of the game. Uh, like It's not... It's well, not it's, it, 
Yeah, anyone, anyone, even people in the chat, you could come on for the two minutes of the game. What is the point? Like, I just, I don't see it. Just because he's he's, he's one of your mates, I think if, if what is, what's the point of having him in the twenty-five man squad? Okay, you could have for me have him in the coaching staff, uh, because he'd be brilliant and, and that. But taking up a, a squad space, but again, it leads back to strength and depth, and we're and this is a project, and we're, we're going to have to be patient in in that coming in. But I think anyhow is is. We, next year is going to have to be ruthless, and 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 uh, uh, but we probably have to make do with what we have uh, this year. I think the thing Depends is, though, Daz, Daz, I you know I can see where you're coming from with with Richie and stuff like that, but for me, I still think that Richie offers more as an attacking threat if you were to play him right or left than Murphy does. He's got a hell of his he's, he's delivery of the balls fantastic. Yeah. He, he's good with set piece. He's he's good at what his role is within the club. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we've seen, the last few years we've seen him at left back. Yeah, but we've seen him at left back. We, he, we when we bought him, we bought him as a right midfielder, and then he switched to left yeah. midfield. And so you know you can you can do two footed as well. You know what we're saying about like Almiron getting right down the byline. He's skinning his fullback. That's where you want someone like Richie or Fraser to rip, whip it in straight away. But, but and and Richie can, and Fraser can do that on both sides, which is why I would I would keep Richie over Murphy. Yeah, but why why is Richie only coming on for the last two minutes? Same same the last game he he was going to come on and then no he said he, he changed his mind again. Why is he only coming on then? Why isn't he? Coming I don't know. On Murphy, I, I, I don't know what, on, what this is. You know, I don't know why he prefers Murphy over Richie. I don't know him personally, but I would be going for Richie over Murphy. It's what I talked about before, uh, lads. You know, I I, I agree with, with with you, Richie. I think Matt Richie is 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 someone that we can get the best out of in terms of him playing coming on as a right winger. His crosses on Wednesday, his his right to left crosses when he whips it back onto his left foot and whips it in is perfect for someone like Chris Wood. He can cause problems. We've seen it over the years. Is is his goals that he set up for Hosselu and, and and people like that and Rondon and who the rest, all the rest of it. Like he can provide moments. Richie's good at that. Um, you know, but <coughs> I think Murphy plays purely because he's he's got the pace, purely because he can stretch defenders, because he's so quick and he just runs aimlessly. Like he'll he'll run into the channels 50, 60 times for Newcastle if it means you know he's gonna get on the pitch. Like he's not gonna produce anything of quality in terms of a great balling or a great moment, but he'll do that running that Richie's not able to do. And I think that's why he starts ahead of him. Because if you look at Newcastle's team, it is set up around pacey players. The, the team is full of pace. You know, you look at the midfield and you look at the forward line, it is full of pace. And that's where Murphy fits in and Richie maybe doesn't. But in terms of the quality, <coughs> the quality is there. And I just think uh, for me, I'd, I'd get rid of both because I think we need to transition a lot of these players out now and bring them in. And I would much, and I don't know what you guys think, I would, I would, I would take Murphy and Richie leaving to bring one player in. Oh, one definitely. player of quality that would replace that and make the difference, not just for a wage point of view, but a quality point of view, you know, because you could get rid of both of them and, and have someone on the bench or even starting that's of, of significantly higher quality. Uh, but yeah, and, not, and I, I see someone else, um, I think it was Michael Polymer mentioned um, uh, Dumas as well. So n- next season, when we're in this position, next season, we don't want to see Richie, we don't want to see Dumas, and we don't want to see Murphy. Uh, in in our in our uh, squad, um, I think we can all agree on that. Um, right, we'll move on. 
And guess what? That brought us to full time. Yeah, we're a bit of a tangent there, but it was good. It was a good uh, topic of conversation. We could probably do a whole show on that to say the truth. I mean, we maybe we will do with the squad game too when we're trying to pick a twenty-five man squad. Well, we, we did say we were going to do one after the uh, after the window shut, so it fits in perfect. Oh yeah, we, we said that about a month and a half ago. <laughs> we, we change our mind around here, or we, we forget one or the other. But uh, oh, then th- this is what you were indicating, Pete. Uh, some some uh, kind of condensed version of the of the stats. So uh, for Newcastle, sixty four percent. It just shows you the tra- now. People might think we were giving out about anyhow. There, we're not. We're just saying some trying to find little points that tweaks that, that could make us better. And in time, that will come. So we're, we're not actually uh, slagging off anyhow in, any, in uh, any way. But if you look at the, the possession here, we're, we're, we're a, a totally different outfit than, than we were this time last year. So uh, that's brilliant to see in shots, well ahead, uh, and, and just on everything, even corners where we're, we're miles ahead of us. But any, any thoughts on the stats, lads? I think it's you know it shows how dominant we were. It it shows how Eddie Howe wants to play. That you know the the press the pace up front is we you know we're getting a lot more shots per game. You know we've I don't think we've been that this dominant down at Wolves since we've probably both been back in the Premier League the last few years. Um, I think it's we're we're starting to dominate the teams that we should be dominating, and then we're going toe to toe with the teams that we we need to be going toe to toe with the next few years, like as we saw with. Um, Man City last week. I think that am I surprised how well we dominated with the people that we had out? Yes, I wouldn't have expected those figures to be as high. Possibly if Bruno had been there and Isak had played there, I think I could see those figures all day long. But I could have also seen us win the game with that extra two quality players on the pitch. Um, I, I, I'm seriously hoping it's a bit of mind games that they talk about. You know that the same. Bruno could be out for two games. I'm hoping that they've said that as a bit mind game, so they can throw Klopp off the ball possibly, and you know he might be fit for for Wednesday um, because the, Liverpool have got so many injuries themselves as well. They're, that midfield three that they've got at the moment, regard without um, apart from I say really for Fabinho, there's not much quality there. That mid that midfield three is there to be dominated, and if Bruno was there with um, with Joe, with Joe Linton and either or Longstaff or Willick, I think we control that game as well. And I think, it, and obviously with Nunes being out because he's still suspended, I think there's a good chance we, you know, we could get something at Liverpool. Um, so let, let's just see. From from what from what Eddie Howe said in a couple of interviews that I've listened to, um, it looks like Bruno is definitely going to miss the Liverpool game. What is likely to be back for the Palace game, um, it, it, and, and and you know what? I'd rather that. I won't. I won't rush him back for the Liverpool game. I'm, I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing the Liverpool game out out the window. But what what you want is is as much time as possible for Bruno Gamares to be 100% fit. Um, and firing at his best. You don't want him playing at 70% just to play at Anfield to then maybe get, have a reoccurrence of her injury. What you want is, because Palace is a winnable game. Palace is 100% a winnable game. Um, yeah, I would have brought myself on before, Murphy. There's no doubt about it. And, <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, would, and I would have brought this with me. <laughs> I would have brought this with me. And you know what? I'd have probably scored. <laughs> I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm confident in my abilities, even at 37 years old. I think I know. I know. 
I think I could do them more than wood today. And I'm not even joking. Um, and that's not that's not a, that's not me dissing wood. That's just me picking up my own abilities. <laughs> that's just how it is. But no, on a serious level, uh, I think Bruno will be ready for, for for Palace. I think another week's rest. Um, I think we'll get him ready for, for Palace, um, and, and we do need him. Um, that that's for sure. The only question mark is, I think, is about Wilson. Eddie Howe said two weeks. Some people are saying three. I don't know how that's going to go. Um, yeah, but is that well, in the team? So, if 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 Pete Davy is missing on transfer deadline you know where he is. Uh, he's he's signed on the dotted line, um, or failing the medical, one or the other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my hamstrings aren't what they used to be, so maybe <laughs> we don't know. So we're, we're, we've lost Callum Wilson. We're signing to the Callum Wilson. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, I'm, I'm more, to be fair, I'm more of a target man. I'm, I am more in my last last parts of my career. I was more a Chris Wood than anything. But I played that role a hell of a lot better than either. Well, you, you fucked in that one because we don't we don't do the, the, the service for a target man anyway. So yeah, yeah but my link up play was on point. <laughs> Trust me, the amount, of, the amount of assists I used to get on the pitch. Uh, and the boys that I played with will, will attest to that was on another level. They, they, they would love me. They would love me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's get back to reality. Um, <laughs> let's go go for the, the ratings. Uh, this my that's that's how it went. You're, you're skipping two valuable things here. What am I oh, missing? The crossbar chance from Han, Han Anderson and also the free kick right on the last minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You're right. <sighs> Uh, I did. I... Good night, Diaz. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even realise that. <laughs> <laughs> you got him back. I, I do I do actually have them wrote down, but I but when we just went off on so much of a tangent, I forgot. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we Anderson could have could have won it for there, and you you do feel sorry for him there. That, that imagine imagine that for him, but uh, unlucky. And yeah, I, I thought that even though it was too close in for trips. Leave it to trips. Sharon made a mess of it. But um, actually, I'm, I'm docking on point 0.5 there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To be fair, it's, it's, a t- it's a tough one, the, 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 the trip you want. I'm, I'm wondering whether he's thinking he's a bit too close. Um, obviously, I know he had that free kit against Villa, which is very, very similar. Um, but at the same time, there's someone made a really good point in the... I think I starred it as well, actually. But they were saying, you know what? Tripwood was feeling his hamstring halfway through that second half after he took a corner. You know, possibly he didn't want to drive the free kick in case he did the hamstring even more. So I don't know if that was something that possibly could be. Uh, But to be fair, you know, Trippier is more like, as we always say, over the wall. And he's not going to get up and down over that wall from there. So it's probably... Perhaps Shaw was the best option. Uh, He was just unlucky with his placement. It was the yard the wrong, wrong side of the post, but... Yep, oh, no, no, that's fair enough. Have I missed anything else, Richie, before I move on? What, what I was going to add to what Richie's point was is that actually when he took that corner, um, Trippier, he held his hamstring constantly for the rest of the game. And that was yeah. my big, that was a big worry for me is that he was holding that hamstring constantly. He could still run with it, but um, if you've ever had a hamstring injury, and, I, and I, as I've just mentioned a minute ago, I've had a few. Um, there are hamstring injuries where you cannot run whatsoever, 
or there's a hamstring injury that's caused from the the force in which you've hit the ball and it can affect how you strike the ball. And I, it was almost like, because it, it was a poor corner when, when he pulled up with it. It was a poor, it barely, it, I don't think he beat the first man. And then he didn't take a set piece after that. Um, Target took the rest of them. And obviously, as Richie mentioned, Shaw took the free kick. What I want, what I wanted to see from that free kick is I wanted to see Shaw on one side and Target on the other. I wanted to, dis- I want, I want the goalkeeper to not know where it's going to go or where who's going to take the free kick. Having a left and right footer either side is the way in which it needs to go. The fact that everyone walked away and it just kind of made it clear that Shaw's taking the free kick. I, I don't agree with that. You, you need to cause a little bit of confusion because that confusion can cause the wall to split. One one half goes one way, one half goes the other, which creates a gap. And it also creates that confusion with the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper, because he doesn't know which way to go, tends to stand still and it can create an option. I mean, ultimately, it turned out to be a poor free kick and it was well wide. But that's just one of the things that I want us to improve on as, as, as a team of set pieces. I don't know what you guys think, but our set pieces weren't good today. The, no, the deliveries of our set pieces were not good. No, um, right, let us move on. First of all, I want to say, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that like button. It's very easy to do. Just one click and uh, the like button. And also, if, you, if, if you're watching us for the first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button and push us. We're getting very close to our 5K. When I say very close, we're 480 away. So, uh, yes, well, there's only a few days left in, in, in August. Yeah, you could try and push us closer to, to that, that 5K. That would be much appreciated. Right, let's, let's get into the other ratings, my favourite part of the show. Hopey. Hopey for me, I'm giving him a 7. Solid 7. Uh, he didn't have enough lot to do when he was called upon. He, he, he did his job and he kind of collected when he needed to collect. And great distribution. So, 7 for me from Hopey. I'll give him an eight because he he did everything he was asked to do when he needed to do it. There was no, you know, he, he didn't really give any chances to them either. Obviously the the goal he couldn't have done anything about it. But every pretty much every single ball that came in, he either caught it or he dealt with it enough and you know got plenty of distance on any punches and stuff like that. Um, that's pretty much what you asked for, what you want from your goalkeeper. He was off his line quite a lot as well, putting the ball in the stands if need be. I'll give him an eight for that. Yeah, seven point five. Uh, um, uh, I, for similar reasons to Richie, uh, I don't think he was called. He was called upon a lot, really, during the game. Uh, you know, even though they can see that he, he conceded a fantastic goal, he wasn't really called upon very often to make a, a real top level save. So he didn't really have much to do. But the sweeping and the collecting was very, very good. What we expect of him um, and what he's shown in the last few games. So yeah, seven point five for me. Right, cool. We're all in around the same. Uh, trips, trips for me is getting a seven point five. Uh, started performance, shown leadership. Uh, played, we, we played through the pain barrier. I imagine as well a bit with, with that. That slight injury will really be interesting to see if he he's going to be out now in, in any shape or form. Uh, but um, seven point five for trips. Uh, I'll give him an eight as well. I thought you know. Um, whether it's the right thing or not that he pushed through despite, despite having a knock because obviously we know when hamstring injuries if you if it is bad you can make it worse by playing and obviously you pretty much played the majority of the second half with it um, but you know he's he was still did everything he, you know he's still that leadership in the back 
Uh, he's extra quality down the balls down the line and stuff like that. Um, I, I'll give him an eight. Uh, 7.5 for me. Um, it, it's a weird one with Trippier because, you know, normally I, I'd say, you know, from an attacking point of view, he was great today, but defensively a bit suspect. It was the other way around for me. I thought defensively he was very good. Uh, but attacking-wise and attacking situations, his crosses into the box when he linked with Amir on and his set pieces that we've already talked about weren't at the level that I expect him to be. Um, so that was the only disappointing part. But but yeah, defensively, very, very good. Very organised, like you said, uh, Richie. Captain material, um, led by example, 7.5. Okay, move on to Shar. Shar, I'm giving a 7. Yeah, I'll give him a seven as well. I, um, he didn't. He didn't look totally relaxed today. And I think if you look, especially that the start of that second half, um, he starts. He snatched at that uh, that clearance that obviously hit Willick and then put him in trouble. He just. I don't know. He just didn't seem settled today. Um, I don't don't know why. But uh, and then obviously he had his free kick at the end, which you know I think he probably could have done better with. But so I'll, I'll give him a seven. It seems to be the seven point fives at the moment, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stick with it. Um, seven point five. I thought he used the ball really well today. Um, defensively, he didn't necessarily have loads and loads to do. Um, that was kind of really left to Sven Botman. Mm-hmm. But the way in which he used the ball to get us forward, his balls into the middle of the park to to get us up the pitch, out wide, balls forward. I thought he used the ball really, really well. I think that that's the that's the um, that's the kind of um, Fabian Shaw that we that we expect uh, quality on the ball. Um, but yeah, you know, he didn't set the world alight. But I thought he used the ball well today. So seven point five for me. I know what, what, what's happening here. I've just figured out what's happening with my my camera. At nine o'clock, my screen's dim, so that's why I turned pink. On this on the screen, so that's what's happening. I wonder here. what was that, going on. That yeah, that's and that's why I thought the the, the light bulb dimmed the last day, but it's actually uh, the screen. Uh, that's it's interesting. Are you sure it's not the sunbed lights? No, no, not, not adjacent in the lights. No, no, uh, <laughs> no. So I'll continue on being pink for the rest of the show. Uh, right. Um, on to Botman. Botman for me. Um, I uh, thought it was more impressive than, than Charred today. Uh, solid, got his head and everything. Uh, nope, I'm giving seven seven point five. Uh, I'm giving Botman an eight. I thought he was rock solid at the back. Um, I think I don't know whether you've anyone seen the uh, the stats that have been put out there, but he's won every single aerial duel since he's when been wearing a black and white shirt. Um, he just looks good. Um, I think there's obviously Shaw and him are still working on a little bit of things with a little bit of times during, especially the second half where they were communicating where Shaw's telling Botman to push up a little bit and stuff like that. So that's perhaps a little thing. Um, I would love to see get that head on that ball, that that one decent corner, which obviously Michael Poolmar actually mentioned in the comment before. There was a, he literally just missed, you know, it skimmed his forehead and that, that wasn't stoppage time as well. Uh, it was a, he, he would have been a fantastic goal for him as well. You know, he just sort of above everyone else around him, just couldn't get his head on it. But I, I think he just, he's just, Bottom's the real deal. He really, really is. Um, and he's still finding his feet in the Premier League and still finding his feet at Newcastle and stuff. I, I'm really, really excited to see what this guy's capable of going forward long term. I love him. 
I want to marry him. <laughs> you know what? If I wasn't married, I would. He, he is everything I thought he would be signing for Newcastle United. 8.5 for me. Um, I thought defensively he was outstanding today. He was very, very good. He kept him in his completely and utterly quiet today. Um, physically, he was dominating. I loved it. He didn't win. He didn't lose an aerial duel, but even when the ball was put into the um, into the attacker's feet, you don't let him get away easy. And, and he just he just hustles and bustles them, and he makes it very very difficult. Um, I just love him. I, I absolutely love watching him play. Um, what I love about him as well is is his simplicity on the ball. He doesn't take any more than two touches on the ball. Most of his plays one touch. What, for a 22-year-old to play one-touch football at Premier League level is just astounding for me. It's unbelievable. Like he plays everything one, one touch, two touch football. One touch, bang, it's out. It's in a position. His switch ball plays is is of a Van Dyke level. Like he used to do what I actually think it's more like a Hullet level. Yeah. Hullet used to do it. Yeah, you, you put you could put him on uh, alongside that top level but like you've just we're talking about three Dutch centre-backs there or, or mid midfield stroke centre-backs there um, that, that are very very good at, at that type of style of, of play he's such a good centre-back We, I, I don't think we realise how good he is and like you've said Richie uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds I, I think he's got the potential to be better than Van Dijk I do, I do as well I really do um, I just think he's brilliant. I think what he showed today in glimpses, particularly in the second half, is that some people mentioned before he signed that he's slow. He's proven today in a lot of straight races that he's not as slow as people think. He yeah. is quick. Um, but his ability on the board, his defensive solidness, 8.5, brilliant today. Very, very good. And, re and like you said, very lucky not to score. Yeah, in that, that corner um, that I mentioned earlier. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, Burn. I'm going to give Burn, this might uh, piss people off, but I'm going to give him 6.75. And the reason being really more so is that... 0.75? Yeah, I, I go total decimal. Freaking hell. Do you know what? You're going to be giving someone the rating of a pie next, by the way. Yeah, but for for me... I, I want to target back in there uh, as at uh, left back. Uh, Burn, he's a brilliant centre back, but uh, just not working for me. We're missing something on attacking wise when Burn is playing left back for me. So I'm going to give him six point seven five today. Six point seven five. Oh God. Brilliant. <laughs> Richie really? can't believe it. He can't it's, believe uh, it. Do you know what? I said this last week. The, I said this last week. The, I was on the other week. I said, it's bad enough you're doing half marks, but now you're going down to quarter marks. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll go further. Hey, I'll go further than that. Oh, and I've just said you. If someone has a bad display, you'll be giving them pie next week. Fig, you know. <laughs> hey, you did that the ASM two games ago. <laughs> no, I'll give uh, I'll give uh, Burn a seven. I. Uh, it wasn't his best game at left back, and I, you know there was a few people thinking that, um, especially as an attacking threat, when we changed it and target came on, we did look a bit better going forward. Um, but for me, he's you know he's he's still defensively solid and stuff like that. Uh, I, 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 he didn't set the world alight today, like he has done in recent weeks. 
but at the same time he didn't uh you know didn't let the team down and stuff like that. There was you know, he wasn't at fault for any goals, he was defending when he needed to defend and stuff like that. So I'll give him a seven. I agree, Richie. I, I, I'll give him a seven. Um, and you know what? Dan Byrne deserved to start at left back today. He deserved to start at left back because I actually yeah. think he's like, you know, his his game's playing at left back. He he's played well. He has. He did, he did well. So he deserved his starting berth. And actually, uh, and we didn't get a chance to speak about this. I was actually really disappointed with Matt Target in the 45 minutes he played against yeah. I thought he was very lazy. Yeah. I thought there was times where he wasn't working hard enough off the board. There was one moment that I went absolutely mad in the second half that that he he nearly cost us because he gets so high up the pitch and doesn't work hard enough to get back. Um, and he did it again in the second half today. But um, he was, apart from that one moment, Target was better in his performance than Dan Byrne at left back, and I think it shows the type of left back that we need to be playing, um, you know, to support the the, the left side of midfielder. So seven seven today for me for for Dan Byrne. It's interesting what you said about uh, Matt Target because he was uh, Andy Hinchcliffe off his heat fullback himself when he used to play was commentating the Tranmere game and he you know he actually said it was Matt Target's fault for the goal. He just left the fullback, he didn't track him back. Yeah. Um I think I don't know why it's just it's one of those things that little lacks because he's he's a Premier League fullback and he's not expecting a League Two fullback to do the same to him, you know, the other way. Um and it just I think that's what that was what let him down. And you know if you don't mind someone trying to make that effort to go forward. But you've got to make the effort the same way as well. You do it when you know when you play Sunder League. You don't mind people running forward, but they've got to do it when you go back as well. You know, obviously, I play in, I play in goal on it in the seven aside. So, I, but all you want to do is you don't mind people break, but you want to come back as well. You can't leave him, you know, <clears throat> fragile at the back, and that's what he did. And obviously, you know, if we, if he constantly does that in the Premier League, we'll get punished more and more and more. Yeah, mm, I agree. We'll move on. Um, again, I noticed that the chat gone mad because I was 0.25 off the mark you gave him. Uh, burn, anyway, I'll move on. Um, Willock, Willock for me, I'm going 6.5. Um, I'm gonna give him a six. Uh, and the reason why I'm giving him a six, I, no, 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 I, I stand by it, you know, like. For a start, you can't be missing the chance he missed in the first half, not in that position. That's just criminal. It really, really is. Uh, but I don't know. It was very similar with the way uh, with Longstaff was as well. I don't. I don't think the ball distribution from Willock today was fantastic. Uh, there's a few people have mentioned it in the chat today. He's starting to show us more and more that he's more of an impact sub at the minute rather than the starting centre midfielder. You can see he's the. That's that's the cog that needs replacing in the midfield three. Um, I still would have Longstaff over him and have bring him on when you need the extra legs. Because if you look at remember we, we touched on how they were at the end of last season, Longstaff looked really good with um with Bruno and Joel Linton. Whereas I think with that leadership and the confidence that Bruno br- brings, you don't really see that much different in Willock's play. When Bruno's there, but you do with Longstaff, you just see a lot more to his game, and I just think, yeah, I'd give him a six. Um, Will Will it gets as a standard seven for me? 
Um, yeah, I actually think he started the game well. He was committing the, their defenders high up the pitch. He won a few free kicks. He was getting into the box. He was looking dangerous, travelling with the ball. And then all of a sudden, after about 25, 30 minutes, just stopped. Just stopped doing it. And I, and I don't know why. Um, I, I'm, I was trying to wrap my brain as if to think, why why did it just stop happening? In, in, he twisted his ankle, piece at one point. I don't know if you right, see that. Okay. During the game? Uh, during the game, yeah. He, he did yeah, twist I, I over his that. ankle. Um, it did show on Sky, but it did seem to run it off after that. But it did. Twi- it was definitely in the first half that happened. Uh, see, I, I was I was just thinking maybe it's because he played a huge chunk of the game against Man City, then he played a huge chunk of the game against Tranmere, and then played again, um, obviously against um, against Wolves. And maybe I just thought the, the tiredness was kicking in, um, but. But yeah, I mean, if he if he picked up an injury, then that could be a reason why. But yeah, it it, it wasn't his best game overall. Um, and and Richie, uh, you've already mentioned it. You know, when you have an opportunity to put the ball in the net, you have to put the ball in the net. You've got to be clinical in your opportunities in front of goal. Um, so yeah, seven for me. Okay. Uh, next, we're going to go on to Longstaff. And but before we do, Richie, just on what you said there about Willock, you said about um, Longstaff instead of Willock. So for me, I, I and I'll link it into my my description of Longstaff. Um, okay, for, for me, Longstaff, I'm giving him six point eight. Uh, and the reason why, okay, and just wreck your head, Richie. Yeah, he, you know, he was he was involved in everything through through especially throughout the first half. But he's just a bit clumsy as well. He was very good on the def- defensive side of things. He he was staying back while, while everyone else was was going forward for corners and so on and so forth. But uh, and he did some great defending. But in his offensive play was just wasn't happening. So when you were saying there, Richie, about changing him, Willock, for, for Longstaff, I wouldn't have him in the attacking kind of role, more the defensive kind of position for me. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to agree with that. Okay, cool. Uh, but 6.8 for Longstaff for me. You're getting worse, are you, Daz? Seriously. Uh, I'll, give him, I'll, I'll give him a 7. Uh, I think for me, um, his, his ball distribution was what let him down today. You know, he's he's battling was always there. He's you know, he's helped out defensively, as you said, Daz, he was defensively more solid than he was. Uh, he's not getting the you know, when we, when we used to he used to go on all these loan spells, he used to, you know, he played in that number ten role and he was really good when he played in those number ten, but I don't think he's the number ten in this system because of the players we've got around him. I think for for me, I just don't I don't believe that Willock and um Longstaff can play in the same team together. I just don't not not want this, you know. You've got Joel Linton who can be the the powerhouse in there, but none, neither Willick or Longstaff. Just I don't for me, just that they, they can't play it together. It has to be either or, um, and that highlights why we need another centre midfielder. But I, um, I would still be picking Longstaff. Yes, I'd, I'd, he was seven a day. As I said before, he didn't set the like Dan Burn didn't really set the world alight, but he does look better when he's got Bruno with him. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the 6.8s or anything like that. Um, but um, I'm, I'm going to put I'm going I'm going to give Longstaff a 6.5. I thought he was poor today. I was really really disappointed with him. 
he gave the ball away more than any other player. That, and I might be proved stat, I might be proved wrong stats wise, but it looked like to me he gave the ball away more times than any other Newcastle player on the pitch. Needless passing, um, um, a, a needless kind of you know just not being aware of what's around him and keeping the ball simple and keeping it ticking over. Um, he 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 did one bit of really good play where they broke. And he was the kind of the last man and yeah. he managed to make a tackle in the first half. And that was really, really good. And we kind of gave him like a push for that and we cheered him for that. But other than that, I don't think he... He is not a defensive midfielder. He is not a person that can sit as, as a distinctive role. And today, he had to play a distinctive role. When, when you've got Bruno Gomeres in the team, you can be fluid. Because he can play that role, he can move forward, you can switch it and you can there's a little bit of fluidity in there. With that midfield of Willock, Joe Linton and, and Longstaff, there was no fluidity in there. He he had to stay as that role. And there was times where he got caught out time and time and time again. Um and I was really disappointed with him. And I think it it it, it bangs today that performance banged a need for us to get another midfielder in like we've already talked about and look earlier on earlier on today there was links with Edson Alvarez from from Ajax apparently we put a 34 million bid in I don't know whether that come to fruition uh, it, it, there was a report earlier oh. on today about five six hours ago that we'd put a, a, a bid in I think this talks about earlier earlier early next week as in tomorrow onwards that we're going to put a bid in. I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but I think that performance today from a defensive midfielder that we had from <clears throat> Sean Longstaff says to me that we need that type of guy because if Bruno's not going to be available for some games and we're not going to have our midfield set, it says that we need someone that can distinctively play that role and Sean Longstaff is not that guy, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the one thing I noticed about the long stuff, and we've both commented on it, so his distribution was appalling today. What I found is I, I think he was trying to take on the Bruno mantle a little bit too much. He was forcing it too much. I don't know if you saw that, Pete, where he's trying to break the lines a bit yeah. and he hasn't got the ability to do that. Yeah. But I think he was trying to take that mantle on like Bruno does, where he's you know, get, you know taking midfielders out of the game. He, he, he's not that midfielder. But it's about decision making, though. It's about doing it when it's right to do it. So you're absolutely right. And there was a couple of times where he tried to break the lines. There was um, in the first half, right near where we were, you know, Joe Linton and and, and Maxi were linking up really, really well. And Longstaff was coming over to support them. And he was trying to find that little kind of risk pass in between two defenders or two Wolves players to make that pass where he, he could have played a simple one out to, to Joe Linton. And he didn't, and we'd lose the ball, and all of a sudden we're on the defensive again. And it's that type of intelligence that Bruno's got in order to know when to keep it simple or when to play the risk pass. He just doesn't understand that, and he doesn't understand that if he doesn't get it right, it commits us massively on the counter attack. And he needs to be smart. He needs to be aware. He needs to know that when it's right to do it and when it's not. And there was far too many times today where it wasn't the right time to do it. And he did it anyway. In the second half, there was a couple of risk, low-driven passes that he tried to switch play across the field. And they were just winning the ball back. They were just, they were like kind of head height. They were just heading the ball back into play. And their midfielder were picking up in the midfield. And all of a sudden, we're on, we're on the defensive again. He's out of position. And it just 
throws up a load of issues for us that we have to deal with on the couch tap just like that. And it's just, it's, it's having that intelligence. And at 24, 25 years old, you would, ex- you would expect him to be better at using the ball in those situations than he wasn't. Yep. Let us move on as your hedgehog goes mental in that. Um, <laughs> um, this has had me distracted. Uh, we'll go to Joe Linton. Uh, Joe Linton, uh, um, for me, I, I, I love the way uh, the players just bounce off. Uh, it's great. Just just a, a man mountain. And it, take, it took two of them to break, to, to knock him at one stage. But uh, for me, I'm going, I'm, I've, I've been conservative with my ratings throughout tonight, but I'm going to give him a 7.5 for Joe Linton. Uh, I'll give him an eight. I thought he was the best midfielder today, and I think that's probably why we ended up having a bit more possession and we were able to break up the play a bit further up the pitch. Um, uh, you know, you, you try to drive it forward. He was trying to be creative. Um, didn't really have any chances in the box or around it, uh, but he was. He's he's been how he's been since you know he, he's dropped back in that position. Uh, he was the best midfielder for us today. Hands down, uh, he needed. Obviously, you can tell he missed Bruno. To be fair, the whole team missed Bruno today. Uh, you know, he'd be ideal to play someone like have Ruben Neves on our pitch today rather than the, the Wolves. I thought Neves was fantastic for them today. Uh, you know, me, me, me son kept coming up to me today. Says I don't understand why we don't sign him. He's young enough. He's he's quality there and stuff like that. 25. Yeah, he doesn't he's look twenty five. Looks like thirty odd, doesn't he? But yeah, I Google him what age he was when we were playing. <laughs> but he's uh, within... yeah, he's uh, he's because he's been there for a while. Obviously, he's that experience and stuff like that. And do you know what? He probably would be a great addition to our to our midfield. Uh, I think you could you could probably play him as that's holding player. You know, he creates from deep sort of thing. Uh, I think he's one of those quarterback sort of centre centre midfielder. They always say about Shelby sort of thing. Yeah. But we're talking next level. Sort of thing, You'd, you know. If you've got a if you're in American football terms, you've got your QB one, your QB two. Shelby's your QB two, and Neves would be your QB one all day long. Uh, he'd be a starter, hands down, the one that you want dissecting the passes and stuff like that, and helping to create from deeper. Um, that's what we we missed today. And uh, but I thought Joel Linton was a bit of a workhorse today. Never let down. Constant running. Um, I'll give him an eight. Yeah, fair enough. That's Richie. Eight. 7.5 for me. Um, he, he was the best of the of, of the three midfielders, um, but uh, uh, Richie's already touched on it. it he missed Bruno today, uh, and he missed Bruno because those those two hunting packs they hunt together, they press together, they work together. They've got an understanding on the pitch, and today he didn't have the same understanding with Longstaff. Where, whereas, you know, where Longstaff would come and link the play with him and Maxi, he didn't have that today with Bruno, um, where Bruno would normally do that uh, and have that clear understanding of how the, how they want to play. And it made it, it made a massive impact on on, on the productivity of, uh, of Joe Linton. Um, you know, so I, I was, uh, it, it wasn't his vintage performance, um, but again, like you've said, he drove the ball really well. He tried to 
get us up the pitch. Um, you know, he, he was he was getting back in pressures and he won the ball in, in difficult positions. Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Ruben Neves and maybe 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 his rant after the game was because he he maybe wants to play in our in our midfield three. Maybe he sees a position in our midfield three that he thinks he, he could play in and and really thrive in. So so who knows? Let's see how that let's see how the rest of the window pans out. But um, yeah. Uh, he Joe Linton wasn't his finest hour, but um, yeah, seven seven point five for me. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, right, let's move on to our uh, attackers. So for me, uh, then Miggy Miggy was all over the place, buzzing as as usual, uh, and lucky in a few chances as well. Uh, for me, I actually thought he was our man of the match today. For me, and I give them an eight point five. Uh, I'll give him an eight. I think you're right. He was our, uh, for the majority of the game, he was our biggest goal threat. Once again, never stopped running. Um, he was always an option for, you know, as an out ball to get forward and take us up the pitch and stuff like that. I think the only frustrating thing for me is he's just, he's got his learn to trust his right foot. He's got to, because it, it would make him a much better uh, proposition on that right hand side. The more and more I see him do it, yes, he's playing, and I don't know what's about the cutting in. If he had the end product of cutting in and finishing more, then I would turn around and say yes. You just, you know, you look at the way that you had the, the two wolves wide men today. They both were, you know, exactly the same, but they offer so much more when they're cutting as well and a bit more of a goal threat. Whereas with Maxi, sorry, not Maxi, yeah, with Miggy, it's 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 just not it's just not there. And when he does get his skins, the fullback so many times, he's just got to learn to put that ball in. He's got to trust it. He's got. If I if I was his coach, I would be doing a lot of work on that, on his right foot. You know, getting back, staying back half an hour just to try and get a bit more, um, you know, confidence in it. Really, you know, he, you've got to be able to, at least. You know, we're not saying you've got to be the two footed as good with your right foot as your left foot, but you've still got to be able to use it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one thing that he needs to improve on more than anything else on the pitch. He was the best player, Newcastle player on the pitch. I do not understand why they brought him off. I was gutted yeah, neither do I. when they brought him off because at the point in which they brought him off, he was playing his best football for us and he was causing the most problems. And actually with Wood coming off, it actually allowed him to be able to pick up pockets of play or space to cause them real damage. And he was doing that. So when they brought him off, I was I was going mad. I was like, "Why are they bringing him off? For he's the best player. He yeah. was literally our for best Marcus. player." I'd give him, for me, I give him an eight point five. He was brilliant today, even in the first half. The link play, the running in and behind. He, they Wolves did not know what to do with him. They don't know. They did not know what to do with him. They didn't know whether to to go with him or to to hang back. They didn't know whether to play a high line to keep him offside. They didn't know what to do. He was brilliant today, but you're absolutely right, Richie. The one thing, in order to be that player that's going to that's going to take Miggy to the next level, he has to be able to use his right foot. There was a couple of times in the first half that that, that ball was played down that side, and a, a first time ball in with his right foot would have created an opening for Chris Wood, and he didn't do it. He he jinked back onto his left. He played the ball back to. And to Trippier, and then the ball would be recycled again into midfield and over to the left-hand side, and it would continue on. And sometimes you just need to just put your foot through the ball and just get it into the box. 
um, and he needs to improve that. But, you know, in terms of his movement, in terms of his connection and, and the way he links the play with, with other players, he, he's, he's getting better. Every game he's getting better. He looks a real genuine threat. Uh, 8.5 for me. Agree. Totally agree, Pete. Um, right. We move on to Chris Wood. For me, uh, I actually upped his rating uh, because he, at one stage he he, uh, he does a free kick and he got his head in the way and blocked a free kick. So I moved him up to uh, 5.5 uh, for Chris Wood. Uh, for me, he's he's not he's not good enough, uh, I, and he's he's not good enough to be our third choice striker. And I, but I know this is the project, and it's going to take time. Uh, but we've we've had to rely today on our third striker, and Chris Wood is not at the level where we are now. Uh, fair enough in the Mike Ashley days, but not now. Um, he did a job in the, in 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 last season, and we all know that that job was. But goals are. Not in great supply from, from from Chris Wood and uh, just just never seems to work for him. So five point five for me. Uh, I'm gonna be harsher than that. I thought it was a four. Uh, I don't think he offered us anything really today. Uh, as we also touched on at the start of the show, though, but we don't play to his strengths either. Uh, he, he's tried. He obviously, we've got no other option up front. Uh, obviously, Wilson did. I Isaac wasn't. Uh, Registered in time, so we had we had to go without the only other strike we've got on the pitch. You know, I I, I agree. He needs to be part of the squad because he does offer something different. You know, if we're chasing the game, we need to get the ball up for it pitch and stuff like that. He, he just hasn't got the quality for a start, especially okay. the way, especially even in the way we're playing. He doesn't fit the system at all, uh, and that's why where I do feel a bit sorry from. We don't provide the service for how he plays. Um, but he, he he hasn't got the movement, you know. He's he's pretty much a static target, which means it's easy for de- defenders to defend. Yes, he'll he'll go and put his head, and he'll go and try and win his aerial duels and stuff like that. But you know, when when Sam Maxim's going down and trying to put balls in the box, but there's no movement, it just looks like it's an aimless ball in. But then you have a you have Wilson in there or someone who can move, and you know, you look at uh, Wilson's goals, um, you know, the way he, he turned uh, Diaz last week, the way. You know, for the, the, the second goal against Forest, he got that half a yard in front of a near Cathay. Just little move. He's got those clever movements. Wood hasn't got that capability. He's not that tight of player. Um, and to be fair, I feel sorry for him because it feels like when you've got he's playing like that now, it just feels like we're playing ten v eleven the whole time because he's literally there just to get the ball and possibly lay it off. That's it. That's all he's been was able to do with it. Pete, I'm um, going to surprise us with a nine here or something. <laughs> <laughs> can't if, can't if Mickey no. was an 8.5 and he was man of the match. <laughs> no, there's no chance. Um, look, I'm not, maybe I'm not going to be as harsh as you. I'm just going to put him at a standard six. Normally players start at a six and then they either go up <laughs> or they go down. I'm just going to put him there at a six. I'm going to leave him there. Even um, Jordan marked him five, I think. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get Jordan's thoughts over the next four or five days, no doubt. But look, I think I think Wood Wood's Wood's rating could have been a lot different in the first few minutes when he was put through on goal and he chose to take it round the goalkeeper rather than hit it first time. The ball was there to be hit first time. If it had done it, it'd beat Saar. We'd have been one nil up. 
Um, and I think it's his decision making in certain aspects that let him down massively. Um, he just doesn't fit the style of play. And you guys have touched on it as well. He just doesn't fit the style of play that Newcastle United are wanting to play right now. He was good for six months to keep us in the Premier League. He did that job. He needs to move on. It's as simple as that. He he is at a position now where he needs to play. Um, he, he needs to play football at another club. He, he probably needs to go back to Burnley, if I'm honest with you. Um, he needs to play at a team that are going to fit his style of play. What was really interesting is it was about five or six times in the first half that Maxi would work the ball on the left-hand side, look up, and, and there were times where Maxi would look up to put the ball into the box and then would have to jink and hold the ball for a little bit longer. And people are going, release it, release it, in the stands. I'm going, there's no one in the box. Because you look at Chris Wood and he's not on the penalty spot. He's hanging out inside the 18-yard box. And he's not making the run inside. And if you're not making the run, how can you... How If, if, you, if, you, if you're a winger... Whether you're Miggy or whether you're Maxi or whether you're whoever on the wing, if you've not got a striker that's making a run into the box, that's looking to get on the end of it, why would you put the ball in? There were times where we aimlessly put the ball in. Trippier did it a couple of times. You know, you know, other players, Longstaff, um, Joe Linton, Willock put balls into the box, and they're putting them into good areas, into the on onto the penalty spot. You know, putting it within eight nine yards out of the out of the goal goal mouth, Woods nowhere to be seen. If you're not making the runs to get in there, then how are you expecting to get goals or getting the end of things? And this is why. And a few people are saying Max is not putting the ball into Wood. Maybe he doesn't like playing with him. It's not that. Is that Wood doesn't make the runs that are useful to the way in which we play. And he's more he's more hustle, bustle, long ball, long ball, long ball, lumping the ball high into the box, letting him get on the end of it. Like it's that Ashley Barnes wood battle, yeah. battle, like battling ram type of defense, like attacking play. We don't play like that. It doesn't fit the way we play. And uh, I don't see him playing a lot of football between now and January, but I do fully expect to see him move on in January. Um, six for me. Offered nothing. We were better without him. And this is not me shitting on him. This is just a reality and the way in which I saw the way in which the game played. We were better without him when he left the pitch. Yeah, agree. Um, I mean, I'm sure Burnley are trying to move on with the company in there now from, than, that, than that type of uh, football as well. But so they, they might take him back even if they got him back. Um, which we, they won't because we'll be hanging on to him for another while, no doubt. Um, we go to ASM next. So for me, uh, yeah, I think we covered it in our analysis. Uh, it, was, it was a threat when he was on the wings. It was, it was, it was uh, okay. He wasn't as effective as he was against Man City, but uh, he, he, he was there. But everything was kind of going through him. Um, and then he moved when Wood went off. He went in the centre, and he, um, he wasn't as effective that way. Uh, but then stepped up and as I mentioned uh, my text at halftime Max is going to be the hero here and he stepped up and Julie uh, proved me right and got, got a, a lovely volley uh, so for me I'm giving Maxi an 8 yeah I, I think uh, I would have given him a 7 if it hadn't been for his, his finish uh, that finish alone <laughs> gave him an extra mark <clears throat> because it, it, there's just so much you've got to be able to do for that finish as we discussed earlier on uh, 
But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I thought he was fantastic as an outlet again, taking the team forward. Uh, yes, he wasn't what he was last week, as you said, Daz. And to be fair, I don't think he's going to be like that the majority of the time. If he's near that capability on the majority of games, I think Newcastle fans would be more than happy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you, you're talking probably, and I, I, it's I, the the level of his performance last week, Man City is probably is one performance that you're going to get of that calibre each season, I think. Uh, but for me, you know, if 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 you, if you take, I don't know, even sixty percent of what he did last week on a weekly basis. You, you know, you'd be fantastic every single week for Newcastle. Um, I just, as, we, as Pete's already said before, the you know the balls that he can put in the box, we don't have that player in the middle from today. So perhaps it looked as though he wasn't as much of a threat with the ball coming in and stuff like that. I, he, he did get double team quite a lot today. Uh, I, to be fair, I thought uh, Semedo did quite well against him today yeah. when he obviously was brought in there. Yeah. Um, he did get. He's deserved booking though because the, you know he skinned him in that first half, uh, and he would have been away. And, and you know, it probably actually stopped a, a good score, possible goal scoring opportunity. Um, you know, that, that clinical foul, cynical foul that we've mentioned a few times. Newcastle have done good tactical foul to give away, um, but his finish alone pushed it right up to an extra mark. It was just, it's as I said, it's probably one of the best technical finishes you'll see all season in the Premier League. That's right, Pete. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'd give him an eight. Um, I, I was, I was, I was pleased with Maxi, um, because it was a very difficult situation for him today, um, and you know, being able to watch him quite closely, particularly in the first half, without Bruno, without Callum Wilson, without those other players that teams have to worry about, it literally went back to the Bruce era where. Everything was on Maxi. It was very clear in the game today. It was about Maxi. Give the ball to Maxi. Give the ball to Maxi. We'll we play it out on the right hand side. Switch the ball play to Maxi and go right. Maxi, go and produce something amazing. We can't always depend on him to do that. And what happened today? Um, and to be fair, he handled it quite well. Is that what happened today? Is that at times, time and time again, he was double teamed, triple teamed in order to stop him playing because I think Wolves realised without Bruno Gamares, without Callum Wilson if he stopped Maxi, he stopped Newcastle playing and there were times where he still created little bits of moments of real quality even when double or triple teamed. So I thought he handled that situation really, really well. Was he as productive as he was at Man City? No, because of the fact that he was doubled and triple teamed. You were going to expect that. You're going to come to expect that. And this is why we've banged on about it, Loaded Man Game UFC, so much, time and time again, about we need to bring quality players into the team that takes the pressure off Alan at Maximin in having to produce those moments time and time and time again. He had those one-on-one periods or those two-on-ones, three-on-ones, five, six, seven times in that first half, but you can't expect him to constantly come out of that as a winner when you've got two, three players on him. Can't expect it all the time, but he produced um, time. At times he produced really, really good moments. Um, You know, he was cutting inside. He was creating moments for himself, but it was getting blocked or it was getting deflected or in the first half, he was creating those moments. But then as Richie said, when you produce that, that moment of quality, um, 
you know, you're not going to see a better goal, in my opinion, in the first month of the season. No. You're just not. You know, the technique, everything about it, Eddie Howe said the same. Eddie Howe was praying that he brought the ball down and took a touch. But, but he, he equally said he knew St. Maximum would take the shot because he knows what he's like. <laughs> and equally, St. Maximum said he practices those type of shots in training, after training, all the time. So you know he's got the technical ability to do that. Um, and when it went in, wow, unbelievable. Top, top player. Um, you know, we need to get around him. We need to get better players around him that takes the pressure off him, that doesn't expect to be double, triple teamed every game. But yeah, eight for me. Uh, brilliant goal. Outstanding. I, I, ha I have to laugh at the chat. Uh, uh, some of the comments coming up there that you're putting up, Richie, that uh, I've heard of selling uh, ice to the most, but selling wood to the forest is a new one for me. But um, yeah, yeah, forest could yeah. tend to buy everyone. Yeah, I was just going to say, lads, um, and I don't think this has been talked about enough because obviously he scored that wonder goal and then he had the opportunity with a one-on-one. -on -one. Shaw played an outstanding, you know, yeah. no-look no ball. He was going out to the left, no-look ball to Maxi. Maxi went in on goal against Semedo, which for me, some, some of the Wolves fans said, oh, Semedo had him in his pocket today, Maxi. Other way around for me, I thought it was like Maxi had the beating of Semedo time and time and time again, and he just disposed of Semedo really easily. Gets the shot off, should have been more in the corner, gets saved. What was more worrying for me is that after that moment, he was holding his left hamstring yes. constantly. I don't think it's been talked about a lot. I don't expect him to play against Liverpool off the back of that <laughs> because he, he, he takes the shot, he holds his hamstring. And he holds it constantly until he gets subbed. Um, and I know he has a moment, I think, after that on the left-hand side, <clears> I think he, he collects the ball and puts the ball in. Um, but I was really genuinely worried because he, he goes, you know, he, I think he goes down, he gets up, he holds his hamstring and he constantly holds it until he gets subbed. So, you know, uh, I know Trippier did he the does. same in the game, but Trippier constantly played on. The last thing we need is Alison Maximin getting injured after Bruno's injured, after Callum Wilson's injured. We, we triple yeah. Liverpool aside, Liverpool aside, forget Liverpool. We've got the likes of Palace, we've got the likes of Fulham, we've got the likes of Brentford coming up in the weeks to come. They're winnable games. We cannot afford to lose our best players for those games that are winnable games that <clears throat> to 15, 16 points in the league. Like Here's a talking point then for you, Pete, because obviously you've just touched on it briefly there about, you know, if depending on how serious it is, you know, obviously we, those games mess up. Do you, do you think it makes us dip into the transfer market again? I'll be honest with you, Richie. I look, I've said this to you boys as well for a while now. I, I, I fully expect us to sign another couple of players before Thursday. I, I do. I've always been, even before Isaac came in, I always thought we'd get three more players before the window. Yeah, I was the same. I was, I, I'm thinking on top of those, though, because you look at the long term injury that Kraft's got. You look at the long term injury that Kraft's got now. So, technically, behind uh, Trippier, we've only got Mankio. Really, you know, obviously, we don't know how, yeah. how bad Trippier is because obviously he continued. As you said, ESM was holding his hamstring after that run. Um, you, you, you're talking like the, the whole quality, the, the the people who you class as the first 
names on the team sheet at this moment in time are, are potentially out. We're talking Callum Wilson. Yes, okay, you've got Isak that's going to come in there. But then you lose Maxi, you lose Bruno. And obviously Trip, Trip yeah, we don't know if he's a serious or not. Does that make you even contemplating going in even more in the transfer window before Thursday? Depending on how bad the injuries potentially are, I, 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 yeah, it could well be. I don't think, I don't think how wants Mancunier at the club. I think he wants Mancunier gone. I think Mancunier is a good squad player, but I don't think he wants him at the club. I think he's he's one of those squad players that he wants to transition out. So I do. So it does beg the question: Do we get another look? Let's face it, Kraft, if it's an ACL injury, which is what it's rumoured to be, we're not going to see him probably for the rest of the season or certainly the back end of the season. We're going to need a replacement in there for Trippier because Trippier's already proven, unfortunately, that he can't be trusted because he could pick up another injury as well. And again, and I hate to be I hate to be that guy. Um, and a few have said, I think Keaty has mentioned you know, don't depress me talking about ASM, but Trippier was holding his hamstring as well. Um, yeah. So I worry about that too. And so maybe it then turns into maybe two additional players to three additional players. And there are decent right backs that are out there at the moment um, that we could bring in and, and improve the team. But um, and, and on that point, you imagine they'd go for a young right back. That's someone that, that wouldn't be averse to, to sitting on the bench as well for a while. That 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 Trippier would be the 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 first on the end of the team sheet, but maybe could be a bit more if someone that was a bit versatile. They could play in one or two positions, and then maybe come on as well. Um, if it was a couple kind of, of weeks ago, if it was a couple of weeks ago, Kevin Mbappé would have been perfect in his yeah. end of the Fulham. Yeah. It'd have been perfect to come in. Um, you guys might not agree with me, and. He, he gets a lot of stick, but defensively, it would it like I don't think Aaron Wan Basaka would be a bad shout from Man United. From Man United, there for Dubravka. Yeah, well, we'll just, we'll just do a straight swap to Bravka for Wan Basaka. There we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I genuinely think that Wan Basaka could do a job. Like he's not, he's not a starter for me. But if you're going to bring him in, bring him in, and you know he can play. To be fair, he could play left. He could play right. Predominantly right, but he's a good defensive defender. And we've got to remember, he's been at a Man United team that have not been coached for the past two years. Yeah. Um, I think Eddie Howe could potentially get the best out of him. But um, anyway, that's, that's just one example. There are a number of others out there that we could get a hold of. But yeah, Richie, you made a good point. It could well be that, um, that, that we dip in and maybe get three more before the window shuts. I think yeah. we might buy one, and I think the rest will be loans. I think if we do that, if we have to, though. Yeah, or it could be it could be a loan from Europe because we can get more than one loan from Europe. We can get two, three, four, five yeah. from Europe. So it might be that we we pluck um, someone out from there potentially. Nice one. Um, all right, let's look at the table just for a quick second. It doesn't really matter at this stage of the season, but uh, we are in seventh spot. After four games and six points, a uh, one win and three draws. Uh, if you look at our battleground Europe uh, contenders, uh, see how I did there, Pete. Uh, we've got uh, Leicester, who are bottom. We'd be sad to see that, Pete. Oh, uh, sugar. I didn't realize they were bottom. <laughs> wow. We've got Wolves, who we played today on two points, uh, second from bottom. Everton, Chris's team. Uh, uh, 
in the eighteenth spot. We've got West Ham, who got their first win of the season, and sixteenth. Um, Villa just above them. Villa, yeah, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, they, they West Ham beat them, so that's uh, the neck and neck there. Yeah, so that's it's all uh, been positive for us um, so far uh, after four games and seventh spot on six points. But um, that was it for the night, lads. Really, uh, just wanted to say as well, we are back during the week with more shows. Uh, we have to talk about that after the show. Actually, what we're doing, is there any any updates? But um, so, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have a busy week, and there's also the Liverpool Ooh. game that's coming on as well. Oh, what's this? I haven't seen this, but uh, no, it could be well. The show the show's been on, so. Chris McIntosh is saying that we've put a bit I tell you in. what, if, if, this, if this is true, right, bloody Ajax are going to be as rich as us. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people business they've done. They're basically sold off. They're basically sold off their, their kind of Champions League winning side, um, you know, over the last few years. And I think they've just agreed a, a fee with, with Anthony for Man United for the yeah. best part of 100 million euros. So, yeah, it. Very, very interesting, but um, I, I'm not seeing anything on my on my social media to to confirm that. But it, Chris, it, if you want to let us know pretty where you've seen that, then obviously we can check that out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, while we're waiting there as well, I just want to say, Pete, look what I got on the system. Yeah! Yay! The Way Days uh, t-shirts. So I said, after watching a bit of Way Days last, last night, or the other night, I said, right, I better put these up or Pete will kill me. So uh, yeah, the Way Days t-shirts, which are available from shybarns.com. And you know what? I'll mention the sponsors while we're at it. Uh, shybarns.com and the range that Simon has available there, the usual range. And if you click on uh, in there as well, uh, on the, the website, you will see the loaded range. And in the loaded range, you'll see the, the loaded t-shirt and you'll also see the away days t-shirt. The Brazilian new one there. I need that Brazilian, <laughs> that Brazilian away day shirt. I need yeah, it. It's, it's my, I'm going to say it's my favorite as well, Pete. As I said the other yeah. day, it's, Brazil, it's Brazilian, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Simon, if you're in the chat, I'll be in touch with you. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than one of those bad boys. I need it. Nice one. Just uh, Pete, just to confirm, he said Sky Sports have just reported that Anthony has eighty-five million agreed to Man United. Pounds. Yeah, pounds, not euros, pounds. Wow. Shout out to pinsandprints.com as well, and the range uh, that uh, Dean has there, and more to follow. Uh, I'm sure that he'd have to do one of the ASM volley now because there's no, there's no excuse not to do that one. He always worked out uh, this season, didn't he? Yeah, he will. Uh, and uh, Machine House, shout out to Martin and the Machine House guys and the t-shirts and the hoodies that are available via Machine House. We, we must get Marty on, on the show at some point as well. We, we have to organize. After the transfer deadline, there's, there's so much going on now and we've, we've been busy all summer, so we'll, 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 uh, we'll be able to sort that out as we go. So as I mentioned we will have we'll be back with chores during the week. Anthony, you want to say now, Pete, and any updates on, on that? You want you want to break a news or will we talk about it offline? Yeah, no updates at the moment. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back. But yeah, um, look, uh, over the next four or five days, we'll, we'll, we'll be busy. We'll be back. No doubt about we'll that. We'll be busy. We'll be busy like Newcastle. But uh, that is it for the night then, I think. Um, 
make sure anyone that's watching it, that you've hit the like button on your way out and make sure as well that you uh, are, uh, are subscribed. But uh, we will be back during the week. Daz, we've got one more thing to show. Go for it. What is it now, Richie? Shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine. Go! Sean, like Sean actually asked for you to send that on to him as well. I, 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 I linked you into the tweet. So <laughs> send that on. I know where you got it from, Richie. But uh, I'll be probably glad you showed it again. I'll probably have to remove it from YouTube later on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not to worry. Not to worry. Um, good night, everyone. See you during night. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. How, how, how? How, how, Oh, 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 oh,